Hey there, fellow citizens of the internet. Welcome to the Moses Cabandana podcast. Today I have with me Richard Blank, and we're going to be talking about a, a, a topic that, I, that I'm pretty fascinated about, which is traveling, explore, exploring the world, creating businesses, and being successful in environments that you necessarily aren't born into. And uh, so, without any further ado, Richard Blank, welcome to the Moses Cabandana podcast. Uh, Moses, so happy to be here with you and your amazing audience. You do a great show. You got great vibes, and I can't wait to share a ton of twists and turns and stories with you today. Awesome, awesome. And speaking of stories, uh, where where are you born and raised? Oh, I'm a proud Philadelphian, but especially proud of Northeast Philadelphia. When I graduated Abington High School, my story really began about second languages, like yourself. And what we like to do is maybe double down on ourselves and our own dedicated practice and things we can control. I couldn't do Ivy League. I didn't have the grades or the maturity. And medicine and law and engineering seemed out of reach at the moment at an 18-year-old age. But languages, it was something I liked to do outside of school and all the world's a stage. And so I continued and studied at the University of Arizona and then in August of 2000, I had a chance to move to Costa Rica, and I took it. And we've been here ever since. Hmm. What, where did the fascination with languages like come in? Do you know like where the influence came from for you? It's interesting. I, I grew up with a very generous family and a comfortable family. And so during Christmas breaks or spring breaks, we would go to Mexico. So besides having fun in the sun and learning another culture, I used to come back with at least 20 to 30 new vocabulary words. And it just wasn't like some sort of parlor trick or a cute kid patting on the head and then going off. I, when I would meet individuals that were bilingual and I would show my sincere interest in their language, even at a young age, because my parents, we came from Eastern Europe, so no one in my family spoke Spanish. And so when I would meet these individuals and share my vocabulary and the limited grammar I had, the positive reinforcement Moses was something that I just enjoyed and I wanted more of it. And I did realize that unlike certain industries where you need equipment with you or have to be somewhere or load up and download, language is really, it's an incredible thing like water and air, it's everywhere and you can just connect with people in a certain way hmm. and also i was the only one out of my friends that could do it <laughs> so i mean at least i could volunteer for that mission and it yeah. made me unique it made me marketable it made me in a sense a little bit special and so i said listen if that's where i'm going to begin my journey well then let's do it and look what it produced yeah yeah and why why spanish like did you did, did at any point you think about learning other languages or uh, just Spanish just came easier slash uh, more opportunities to learn Spanish uh, made themselves manifest more than others? Excellent question. Well, think about it like this. In Northeast Philadelphia, we have a certain Latino population. We have mm -hmm. uh, the Cubans, Puerto Ricans. And then once again, you have people from Spain, Central South America. Abington was a mixture of people from all different places. And so they gave you an option. You could learn French, German, or Spanish. And since I was going to Mexico and I kind of had a grasp already, and a lot of my friends, their families were from a Latino country, I decided to 
do that. And, and a lot of words were the same, like hotel. <laughs> Come on, already I can pass yeah. the test. And right. so uh, right. I, I like that. And I like the flair and the, and the flavor of the language. And then when I studied Latin a little bit, a lot of that is applicable. So it made it easier to deduct and understand what words were. And so conversations moved a little bit slower and I could grasp a little bit more. So instead of making it a, a, a push and a pull, I kind of yeah. just sat in my inner tube and just floated down this Spanish river and just kept enjoying myself. And so it kept growing, my friend. And the thing is the grammar. Everyone tries mm. to memorize phrases or, or do quick shortcuts. I hate to say it. It, it took me about six months, really to get in there and go from basic present tense to the subjunctive tense to everything in between to all the conjugations and so once you can rake that and move that around then the rest is just vocabulary and your smile mm. and yeah. i needed that foundation and, and my junior year i moved i lived in spain and so i i had to immerse myself a hundred percent into this language and um it was the best year of my life, uh, 93 and 94, I um, really shed some skin then, Moses, and instead of just parting, which I did in abundance, I yeah. also made time to go to museums and see ruins, and to yeah. have 50, 10 minute conversations a day with people from all over the world, and to share yeah. books and ideas, and it was beautiful, because I came back more of a renaissance man, I saw life a little bit differently. Mm. And that's what added to my momentum to bring me to Costa Rica. Okay, okay. That's it's it's interesting that you mentioned the the, the grammar uh, part of it because for me I'm like the exact opposite. I I've learned and forgotten about six languages. But yeah, right. Around, yeah, about six languages. And at no point did I ever like. I'm 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 handicapped when it comes to grammar. So when I learn Spanish. I still don't know, like if you ask me for uh, how like, to conjugate a, a particular tense of a particular verb, I'll just look at, look at you blankly. But when it comes to the, the actual uh, way of using like I know how to use the words, I know how to, how to speak the language, but the, the formal grammar way of conjugating things, like as far as grammar is concerned, I, that just never really never really clicked. So it's, it's, it's interesting that for you, it's, it was like the opposite. You had to have this foundation of, of how, like the formal way of speaking the language and then putting that into practice. Uh, and for me, it was it's just like this, my man. It's yeah. like a car. You look so cool. You chose the car. You just need to turn it on and put it in drive and drive it. And you're still good. I said, listen, oh. I think I need to know how to build a car. <laughs> you know, that's all okay. I need to do. And so okay. I took it a little bit deeper. And which one's better? I tell you what, Moses, yeah. if you're able to learn a language your way, where all you need to do is drive the car, get from A to B in style, it works for you. And I think yeah. that's wonderful. And the fact that you've learned six languages shows your passion. It shows structure and discipline, but I'm going to say it as well, my man. It, it also shows cognitive skills. You can't mm, spin mm. that. You can't fake that. It's not like a yeah. fake Rolex. If you right, can rap in right. six different languages, people have to stand and look at you in awe because mm. you realize the sort of man that respects himself enough 
to grab six keys to open so many doors in this world of these languages. And so good for you, my language traveler. Obviously, yeah. it's done well for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it's uh, most of them were because I wanted to play with other kids in the neighborhood and they didn't speak my language. I didn't speak theirs. So we just spent, you know, six, eight hours literally every day just throwing rocks and trying to communicate in our own way. Uh, you know, in about three to six months of that, uh, day in, day out, you just start speaking, you know, the other kid's language and that, because you also end up with at, at their parents' house and uh, you just share a meal with them. And uh, so, yeah, hey, languages Moses, are just... Real quick for me, yeah. what are the six languages that you... Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Swahili is one me. of them. Uh, there's the Swahili, there's Kenya Rwanda, and I, I, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I don't know what my first language is because I've learned and forgotten these two, Swahili and Kenya Rwanda, uh, a couple of times. Um, uh, and in Portuguese, Mashangan, Mashangan is a local dialect that is spoken in uh, Maputo in the country of Mozambique, um, and then English and Spanish. So, did I say Portuguese? Well... Portuguese in there, so that would make it, yeah. So, to me, that's yeah. like a tasty menu. Well done, yeah. my man. <laughs> that's excellent, yeah. right? It is. It is. It is. And, and and with with each with each language, you 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 gain like a lot of skills because like speaking a language is not just being able to utter the sounds that translates into a meaningful thing to to to, to the other person. It's it's the underlying idioms it's the jokes it's the you know the, all those come with uh come with speaking the language so the the more languages that that, that, that you speak or like even if you just speak a second language uh you mm -hmm. just you bring in a lot of, of that culture um yeah so speaking speaking of cultures uh what what was your did, did you have a culture shock as you were traveling around the world and if so what was the the biggest culture shock that you are uh, that you faced Patience is a virtue. You have to understand that other countries have other ways of doing things. And instead yeah. of expecting, you should just accept. And that made things a little bit easier. If you have a book, read for another half an hour. It's okay if the train's a little late. And, oh. um, but I did realize this. And you were mentioning playing with your friends that didn't speak the same language, but you were invited in their home to break bread, which is, as you know, in any sort of culture, probably one of the most respectful things that somebody could do. You're introduced to everybody's family as a friend, which is excellent, especially when you're young, because it's before yeah. the money and the fame and the influence and the pressures. You like somebody for who they are, and you made extra efforts to be friends with someone when there was that sort of uh, challenge in the beginning of communication, but no, my man, just throwing rocks and yeah. smiling and laughing. Yeah. Those are natural. So to answer your question, when I traveled Europe, wherever I went was Happy Richard. And so people huh. could gravitate towards me. I was non-threatening. I was naive because I was 21 at the time with a backpack and a map. I don't know if you remember the Let's Go book. Yeah, <laughs> and that was yeah. the book that got you around Europe back in the 90s. And yeah. but I also was cautious and I wasn't mm. stupid. And I didn't I, I understood when people were asking me for the time, 
I don't even have a watch, so we're good. I didn't do yeah. that move, but um, I made sure that I came back safe and I had the proper experience. And it's almost like when you were a child and your parents said, if you stay home alone tonight and don't wreck the house, you can maybe get the keys to the car. Keys to the car, then you can stay out later if you call. And then from there, you get to go to college. And there's these different yeah. things where you can show and then you have more leverage. And yeah. so when I was traveling Europe, I, not only for myself, but it was also for my family trusting in me of being a responsible man with a couple grand in my pocket to last a URL yeah. pass yeah. And, and not getting in trouble. And so I, I didn't want to have to make that phone call. And so every country that I was in, I, I made sure to understand the rules. I made sure to leave the party there and not do things that can get you in trouble when you're crossing borders. Yeah and, yeah, and and also to ask the sort of questions and not be afraid to make sure that you're doing the right thing or going the right place and especially paying the right price. And a lot of people would love to share their local uh, culture with you. And, and some of the best relationships I had were the people that I met on the train prior to arriving at that station. I must have made an impression to walk with them afterwards and have a meal and then be hmm. like in like in the old stories and then tell me where to go on my next portion of my journey and who to see in that town and how to make that call. So that was so yeah. much fun. It was almost like playing. It was almost like 18th century on your horse riding through the West. And, yeah. I, and I was able to get that sort of adventure in life. And I and I took it. I would go to these homes of people that I didn't know in Basel, Switzerland, knock on a door and wait two days for my friend to get back from his skiing trip because he was late. But I was with yeah. the family that didn't speak English, so I milked cows and I made cookies and yeah. I did chores and I sat in this big table next to a fireplace to eat meals with them at night. And I spent two days with a family. They knew I was coming, but this kid was irresponsible, was late. But I spent two days with this man's family doing chores on a farm right on the French border. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> so kind of nice. almost glad that he didn't show up. And um, yeah. it was one yeah. of my favorite memories of snowy Switzerland fireplace cookie kitchen yeah. moment. Yeah. And so I had it, my man, and, and I cool. did it naturally. That's amazing. That, that is, that leads me to my next question, which is like, what, what, what do you think are the some of the biggest misconceptions that that Americans have about leaving the country and just exploring other um, other ways of just to see how how life is done in in other corners of the world? Like, what what are some of the misconceptions that we have as Americans? I would assume the number one misconception would be convenience. There is mm. not a Circle yeah. K or Seven Eleven on every corner in some places. Right. Right. Things are closed on Sundays or on other days. Certain countries have an enormous amount of national holidays and that might clog up streets or become yeah. an inconvenience. Yeah. And maybe when you're shopping, you don't get the sort of products that you're looking for. And I guess you might not get the sort of service you're expecting in certain restaurants or hotels. But that's okay. It's, yeah. well, it is to a certain extent. But I, I, what I've noticed living 
abroad for a good portion of my life, you can almost tell when you're in certain areas that might have tourists to it, which ones are losing their patience or look lost or just don't seem like they're having a good time or they're on mm. their phones when they should be in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know what? That's their deal. Moses, we worked hard and paid good money to get to that place or to be there. And we just can't hit the ball and drag Johnny. It's, it's not my job to go yeah. around and to explain to somebody to enjoy a statue or to put their phone down. But um, maybe it's how we were raised. Maybe you and I enjoyed the story by the fireplace with grandpa more than the movie in the theater or your phone at the moment. Yeah. And um, I guess it's really about not allowing the others to ruin your moment there. And you just try to do the best thing you can to um, maybe just see what you can do to relax yourself so you, you can make the most out of it. Okay. No, I I I, I asked that because uh, I I just got back from uh, well, not just I spent earlier this year I was in Morocco. I spent two and a half months mm-hmm. in Morocco. Uh, <clears throat> my woman and I we we live in a, in an RV and we've been traveling around Europe uh, in an RV, and uh, so two and a half months in Morocco and then a month and a half in in Spain, and I just yeah. I I found myself uh, like before going to Morocco. Um, I was thinking, man, why I don't know any, I don't know anything about Morocco, and uh, I'm probably gonna miss out on this. Should I should I prepare to not have Wi-Fi for X amount of time? Uh, what's what life's gonna look like without all my my electronics if I don't have a uh, if our RV isn't able to like power my laptops and, and just all these all these questions. Uh, and I've been traveling for quite a minute. Uh, but I still have you have this this thing that you just mentioned about missing some of the uh, inconveniences, as, as, as you put it. Um, but that just becomes part of what life is like there, right? Uh, and if that means not having a McDonald's uh, around the corner, that's part of the experience. That's part of, of of just of seeing how life is done like there without. Because if if you go somewhere and wherever you go to, it is indistinguishable from where you're coming from, right? You have all the amenities, you have all the all the experiences that you have at home. Well, you might as well just be home, right? So the, the whole part of the, the whole, yeah, the, the whole experience is that you're experiencing an environment that is different from your own, you know? Um, so, You know what yeah, bag that, they can't bring with them, though? They can't bring mm-hmm. the mental bag. Because if you got a problem, you don't want to bring that with you. Right. So right. in a sense, it's almost like wiping a slate clean and it's a brand new chapter. Yeah. I mean, you're still yeah. the same person. In fact, Moses, you're you're fun with or without the Internet. Yep. And in fact, you're probably more fun without the Internet because then I get 100 percent Moses attention and his thoughts and his energy. And does he need the websites and Internet to expand his thoughts and to show me stats and photos? Sure. <laughs> But you live, that's the painting. That's the best. That's choice. And so I would prefer that than any other option, Moses. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, 
sometimes I'll be in a place where I'm like, man, I want to I wanna capture this moment on, on my camera. I, I like to do video work. Uh, and then, But then sometimes I'm like, I will film and capture the time, but then I will notice that the entire time that I was there, I was just focused on, did I get the angle right? That I completely missed out the whole, you know, the whole thing. So it's like, ah, jeepers, okay. That's, that's not the right way to go about it either. Um, so what, for, for, for a youngster today, let's say uh, they're finishing high school, you know, 18, 19, um, nice. and, and they're thinking about, you know, leaving, uh, just going to backpacking in Europe or elsewhere. Um, what, are this, what are some three takeaways that you, that you would impart on them? I think it's about money management is the first thing. You, you, you don't want to go crazy. And what saved me an enormous amount of money, this and it, a lot of time, was sleeping hmm. on the train. Now, I upgraded my URL pass to a first class pass so it could be comfortable, but I offset yeah. that cost with the amount of hotels I didn't stay in and the amount of distance that I traveled. I could do if I arrived in a city mm. at let's say six in the morning, I could pound out that city till ten o'clock at night. Do I need to sleep there? Good. But why not make up six to eight hours? Now you're in another country, another city. And plus you're sleeping on that train. And so saved a fortune doing that. And yeah. then why would you go to certain restaurants? You should for certain dishes. But I used to go mm. to the supermarkets or the um farmer's market or just the random store and you know not just bread and cheese but some of the local cuts or mm -hmm. even just any sort of suggestions that they have to make a sandwich or make a side dish or they'll cook it up for you and and so sitting under the tree in the local park having a local food that you can't even pronounce but it's the most delicious thing and this woman in the kitchen you know is a grandmother that cooks for everybody and yeah what do you do so you write it in the journal and you explain how it tastes and how they created it and you wonder how you still have another thirty dollars in your pocket that day because you didn't spend it on other things but yeah. you do not deprive yourself that's number one of saving the money where you do spend the money on the experience i believe that if it does cost money to get into the louvre or the prado or peggy guggenheim or any sort of special museum you go, you pay for that cost. If there is an upgrade to get some extra special experience that you would know, that's what you pay for. That's what you save the money on by sleeping on the train to then get a first class experience at the Colosseum in Rome or something or going to a bullfight in Spain or a real yeah. Madrid soccer game. And so me, money management was essential. I wasn't really a heavy drinker. And so, you know, I'd have a little beer here and there, but, you know, when people are, are, are spending that kind of money, I mean, I'd rather eat, <laughs> you know, but yeah. um, it, it, it was, that's the second experience. And the third experience, you were mentioning capturing it with photographs. I agree with that in video, but if you are capable of actually doing a handwritten journal, more than just typing it in, literally having that special book, special cover, with the pen, that's a different experience altogether. And yeah. that's when you really would then set aside that time every day to reflect. Mm. Like yeah. Doogie Hauser MD show. You know, you give you give the after school special lesson after talking about the three meals you ate, the ten friends you made, and the distance you traveled. 
and mm. you do it where it's fresh in your mind and you're feeling these emotions and you can talk about laughing and loving and enjoying your life and 10 20 30 years later like i do looking at that journal when i was 21 it gives me a chance to jump right back into richard these were 100 yeah. percent my thoughts 100 percent at the moment i understand it completely and maybe it's a recharge of batteries or just an understanding moses of how far i've come or who i wanted to be and yeah. those are the sort of things you should be doing when you're taking these sort of spiritual life journeys, your vision quests. If you're looking to find something, then prepare yourself mentally along the way with certain checkpoints just to ensure that you are doing the right things and you are accomplishing those sort of goals. Hmm. So then would you, I'm assuming yes, but would you recommend, because we hear a lot about you you uh you put in your time you work you develop your 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 character and then when you retire then you can start all this traveling uh so obviously you did your travelings when when you were when you were younger i'm doing my travelings now uh and i this is the best way for me uh so but like I, so the question is like would you recommend this idea that's been around for quite a minute that uh you put in your time wait to travel until until you're uh, you're much older I think anytime you have it in your heart to do something and you're not holding back your family, a job and being irresponsible, you take that yep. time. Naturally, when I was younger, I did it, I had the time, but I had the small budget. Now I got yep. an enormous budget and I do have the time, <laughs> but you know, I'm deciding to invest yep. it here at the company at the moment, but no, it's, it's, if you have something inside of you, that's driving you. Do you want to call it a sixth sense or butterflies or just something that keeps you up at night in, in a good way because of a, a positive anticipation? Like Christmas Eve as a child, you couldn't wait to go to bed to wake up the next day and open your presents. Yeah. And if somebody has that Christmas Eve feeling where there is a present waiting for them out there, it was so strong with me that I needed to I needed to get past my parents' guilt. I needed okay. to put aside the gray believers and the naysayers that may not have completely understood my argument, but yeah. my great-grandparents came to the United States at the turn of the 20th from Eastern Europe, worked in New York in the garment industry, learned English. Two generations later, I'm just going south and yeah. throwing you know, my cards on the table and see what could happen. Yeah. Now, yeah. A lot of individuals are pressured into going into certain careers or family businesses. And, and yes, I can and would have had an advantage working at an established family business, starting out on third base. And, and that's fine. It's great and very fortunate. But for me, my friend, just like you, I really wanted to taste it. And... I could have always clicked my heels and come home, made that phone yeah. call, they would have bought me a ticket. Yeah. But I wanted to see what this beautiful life could offer me. Yeah. And the yeah. stars became aligned. This is incredible. I count my blessings every day. And so for your youngsters that are entrepreneurs and potential future business owners, 
The crack code that I figured out real fast in business is empathy. And I learned that when I worked at my friend's call center for four years when I came to Costa Rica at 27. I, I was not sea level Moses. I, I was with the proletariat. I sat in the cubicle. And so you got to hear over those years the good and the bad and the happy and the sad. Mm, and the number one yeah. thing is attrition. If someone extends loyalty and fidelity, they'll be with you and give you foundation. And if you have rotation, you're, you're weak, right? And so yeah. for me, I couldn't outwit some of these companies such as Amazon, HP, Intel, and Oracle. We all compete for the same labor. But what did I do, Moses? I collect pinball machines and retro arcade machines, so I have a game room. So there's a medium for us to play and to recharge batteries. I'm going yeah. to give you your dignity. I'm going to know uh -huh. your name. And since English is my first language, I'm going to extend to you certain soft skills and things that I think would make you more marketable and more self-reliant. And I'm also accountable. I'm a guest in this country. You keep mentioning travel, and I love that topic. But I also realize that I am a guest here. And if I can pay it forward in any way, and if I can follow certain rules, then there's a very good chance that I can grow here. And my uh. soil's good. The fact that I'm celebrating a 15th year anniversary in a very competitive industry, outsourcing and call centers, boy, yeah. the market speaks. And for me, really, the bottom line is how I treat my people and myself. And if you can do that and look in the mirror every day and respect yourself, other people respect you as well. Hmm. Do you do, do you get any any pushback on uh, I don't know if naysayers will be the right label here, but like for for uh, any criticism on moving abroad and taking advantage of uh, uh, what would be the word that. The, the the low income level of uh, of labor there are you getting any pushback from that i always do but think okay. about it like this my company is a united states corp so i do pay taxes in the united states that's number yeah. one yeah and number two let, let's let's call it as it is we're talking about skill set here it's almost like athletics if somebody yeah, wins yeah. the race because they're the fastest can jump the highest, they win. And if yeah. my agents that are with me have certain skill sets that can perform better through metrics that you can gauge, calls, yeah. talk time, conversion, note-taking, yeah. quality assurance, well then, not only do we earn the account, but when discussing it with my client, I can show them through our advanced performance, I can offset that cost that you might be able to mm. get offshore in India and the Philippines or the cost you can get in the United States. And so yeah. really, I would prefer at the end of the day that we have these discussions via merit. Mm. Because okay. if you think about it, I'm really not taking a factory job away this is a virtual job so yeah. i am in competition as well with the mm -hmm. world and what i try to do is be very selective of the campaigns that come in so we don't compromise ethics and values 
Number yeah. two, I just want to make sure that it's realistic, where it's specific, measurable, agreed upon, and as I mentioned, realistic and time frame oriented, because some people have unrealistic expectations, or even better yet, Moses, look mm. what Hollywood has done to telemarketing and call mm. centers. Mm. They've glamorized them. Sure, I, we can always do the Wolf of Wall Street and cold call closes. We respect yeah, yeah. Blake from Glengarry Glen Ross. But then again, a lot of people earn a wonderful living doing exceptional customer support to retain a client, to get an upsell possible referral, or to receive mm. certain suggestions from a long-term client in order for us to make improvements or to notice things. And so it is still a means to an end. Hey Moses, I have a question for you. Yeah, Wouldn't yeah. you prefer to speak to somebody live that knows who you are compared to pressing buttons and putting in your information at your bank or at your airline? Well, thank you. And if you called me and you've been my client for years, I'm like, Moses, my main man. I go, what can I do for you today? And you're like, what's up, Richie? What's up, buddy? How's your family? What's going on? That's yeah, the yeah. client you want. And then you say, well, why yeah. am I rich, Richard Blank for 10 years? Because he takes my call, knows my account, makes suggestions, sincerely knows who I am. And guess what? I recommended 10 of my friends to him. <laughs> you know, mm, you're not going to mm. treat them the same. And that's yeah, how my yeah. business grows. It's from the, the Moses seed. And, and all you say is, I hate calling call centers. And I hate when I can't get somebody on the phone. But I got this one company. I got a hotline. I got the red yeah. bat phone. I can get the CEO on the phone and solve my problem in three minutes. You're like, you got to be kidding me. Give me this guy's number. And yeah. that's the sort of old school business that people still need to do. They need to know your name in the diner. They need to know your favorite dish and they need to have your hot coffee before you even sit in your seat. And if you do that, that's why you go there for 30 years and you tip well and they give you free pie on your birthday and just everybody loves you. And when it's a rainy day, that's where you go to feel warm and cozy. And this world is so crazy with so many circles. It's nice just to sit down for a minute and feel at home somewhere. And even if it's through telemarketing or customer support, or even just teaching people to have proper manners these days on the phone and not to be so short in texting yeah. or in speech, then, then maybe that's how we make the change. That's our ripple in the pond that could potentially do things. Mm. So yeah, uh, competence, good competence. As long as they're competent in their field, they're providing uh, good service, returning customers, um, like you said, you, you have set metrics that are met. Um, the so, best service, my man. If your okay. dog's barking in the background, I'm going to even find out the dog's name and ask how it's doing on every call. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with your bank account. I'm going to ask how Fluffy's right. doing. Fluffy's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, now you really love me. Yeah, Moses, that's when you loosen the tie. That's when you really, mm. as they say, know the bartender. Right. And right. you do it one by one account by account and behind me you see the bricks why do you think this building's been around since 1958 and wow. i believe that each person should be laid like a brick correctly and it should be done with precision and with care so it's in alignment and there's carpenters know this the worst thing is when someone doesn't put in things properly in your house you can see the mistakes yeah, and if yeah. you start early and surround yourself with accountants, attorneys, human resources, IT, the right people, you can build an A-team. 
you can expand yeah. with branches and roots and and delegate and and that's how businesses grow okay i i already have a few a few people that, that are across my mind that that uh i might put you in contact with um so you've been in costa rica for a, a good minute now uh any possibility that you would move back to the states well i'm gonna jump in and out but permanently live there i'm not sure i i think when the time comes for me to uh, play the back nine of this company that I have and finish up my round. Um, yeah. I, I think I'd like to travel the world a little bit more. This Airbnb is amazing. Mm. I'd like to live in a house in a town in a country somewhere for a month and see what it's okay. like. And so I think I just want to taste that. And uh, mm. my wife's really never skied before. So we're going to live somewhere oh. for a couple of months in the mountains to go sledding, make snowmen, and teach her how to snow plow on the bunny slopes. And um, that should be a lot of fun. But we'll be writing children's books at the time. Maybe we'll mm. be taking classes at universities where I have no pressures of final exams. A lot yeah. of art classes are just classes just to enjoy. And by absorbing and contributing, then I think at that certain stage of life, it will be exceptionally fulfilling I'm not really looking to accomplish any of these specific goals like Mount Everest before I turn yeah. 70. That, that's not in my game plan. I, I want to do things where I can reduce any sort of injury, number one. Yeah. But number two, I, I, I don't want stress. And if mm. it's just sitting under a tree by a river somewhere in Europe, South America, or <laughs> wherever. Yeah. Um, you know what, though, Moses? I tell you what. I definitely want to live on a South Pacific island toll. I got to try that for at least a couple months. I, I got to do Gilligan's okay. Island. I really, really, really want to do that. And um, I want to see if that life is exactly the way I imagine it is. Yeah, yeah. Huh. The only island that I've been on is the uh, island of Madeira. It's a Portuguese island off of the coast of uh, Morocco. Uh, yeah, I was just only there for like uh, a couple of weeks. Loved it, loved it, but uh, I haven't been down to where you want to go. Um, so Moses, did you ever hear of an island called Culatra, south of Faro, in Portugal? I, it's like a fishing man's island, I guess. Can't say I have. Can't say I have. But uh, we I'm camped look there into for it. a week, one mm. time. We took a lot of trips every weekend in between classes. But in I guess the fall of '93, we went down there. But mm. I agree, these Portuguese islands are awesome. <laughs> what an amazing country. And yeah. Tangier was cool. Morocco's all right. I was there twice. And it's just, and you live there traveling around. I, I want to go back. Yeah. I want to do it where it's not a day trip, I, I, as you mm -hmm. did. I want to live there so the honeymoon stage wears mm. off. Mm. Yeah, and right. then you get to see that, like the first time you're in traffic, that's what it's really like, <laughs> you know, living yep. in this country. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. No, no, we uh, were there for, like I said, two and a half months. And uh, we started in Tangier a couple of weeks there, mm -hmm. drove down the coast, uh, ended up in Essaouira, uh, and then we went inland into Marrakech, stayed a week there, crossed the high atlas. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful mountains. Totally recommend. Uh, Ended up in this. What was your desert. RV? What brand and what year? 
um, it is a she's an old lady. It's a 1985. Uh, it's a Fiat made by Ham, uh, Heimer. So chilling. Uh, yeah, yeah. She. You can imagine. So 1980s. Did yeah. you keep the original upholstery and stuff? It a lot of the stuff is still still original. So she 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 needs a little tender and care and love every two miles, you know. Uh, Do you have NXS and Duran Duran posters on the inside? <laughs> a Coleco we, Vision. This is that, awesome. Yeah, the, the the insides we 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 decorated it uh, in a way that, that that best suits our um, the way that we wanted the atmosphere to look like. By the outside and all the. Um, mechanics of it are still are still uh, there so yeah we have to visit the mechanic every couple of weeks uh so that's that's the downside there but you know it's she's a character Does that happen in, in morocco so. as well you had to in visit Mor mechanics on the road oh yeah oh yeah 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 and it's wow. like uh you don't most of the mechanics are not on, on on google maps right or anything like that so you have to stop by at a random place have a meal and be like hey by the way do you know any mechanics and everybody knows the mechanics everyone has like a lot of like motorcycles there uh right. so but you know to pull into a motorcycle shop with a 36 foot uh, rv it's just they don't have the tools for it but the ingenuity that they have you know they will make any part for you on the spot you know just oh it's just um just amazing amazing stuff so i i would recommend to to, to visit Morocco um, and give it a good month you know if, if you're gonna be in, in Tangier for a month let it be a month you know uh, or you know throughout the country um, but give it you know give it some time give it some time it's a beautiful beautiful place very diverse um, yeah as far as the geography of the country from one one part to the, to the other like I said you have the Atlas Mountains that are just snowy and everything up there and then four or five hours east you have the Sahara Desert that is just super hot you know um, and then on the west side you have the beach and it's just yeah amazing amazing place um, so so you're you're you said that you're not quite sure if you if you come back to the States uh, that's awesome that's great it, it, sounds, it sounds like you found your place you know they want to stay stay at you know medium to long term um, so for for someone that's on the fence, you know, in 2023, uh, on the fence about leaving the States, either just to explore uh, the world or just uh, uh, to move out, um, for one reason or another, right? Everyone has their own reasons why they, they, they don't want to leave the, the, uh, the country, especially when if they've thought and heard that, you know, the United States is the best country in the world, and so why would you want to leave, right? Or why, why would you want to move out? Um, what, what would you say to to someone that's that's in that state of mind due diligence because you might not find what you're looking for uh -huh. so I, I think if you have an idea in mind give yourself multiple suggestions and start looking into it and yeah. you know testing things prior to buying you know I, I did things a little bit differently I came to Costa Rica and didn't leave put my stuff in storage for a decade but yeah, that's a different yeah. story but prior to that I, I did get a chance to enjoy and understand what it's like to go different places and the inconveniences really were convenience for me I just felt like if I had a warm bed and a nice book I was cozy as can be yeah. and if I had a full stomach and so I I wanted to 
go as humble and basic as I possibly could just to see how far I could go in regards to my own personal depth. Hmm. And I understand my essence. And so the people that you're talking about, I'm not sure really what their age is, and maybe it's the same thing that I felt. It was a barn door that was closed. And there's that expression of the barn door being open and that horse isn't coming back. Like, you know, that's why they keep doggies in cages and stuff. And so I'm I'm a bird that left the cage because I was anxious. I didn't need the security of a cage and someone feeding me food. Uh, But then again, horses, cats and birds, they do come back if they want to. Yeah. And to ask, answer your question, sure, the United States, I will definitely come back to the barn, but don't put a door. Allow yeah. me to come yeah. back when I want to come back. So it's natural. It's the worst yeah. thing to do is force fits. That's why a lot of family dinners are there in silence. The greatest thing is when absence makes the heart grow fonder. If you miss somebody naturally, it's amazing when you have a reunion, if it lasts yeah. a long time or even if it's an hour. And so you have to make sure relationships are respectful and that someone needs to respect your wind and they also have to understand when it's your time to come home how many fables and children's stories do you have to tell us about people going out on these coming of age moment adventures and then coming back to their home or their pueblo or their their, their town or their parents to tell their tall tales and to share their wisdom and riches. And so by depriving somebody of having this life experience, which is exceptionally realistic because you could always come home, money could always run out. You're not talking about major life changes like myself. My thing was just building on momentum. And I had no idea how long this was gonna last. And that's why I danced in the rain. That's why I took every day as if it were my last. Yeah, and that's yeah. an interesting way to live life. And um, if people can find that balance, Moses, and find that sort of center and sit down with their loved ones or those with whom their opinion matters, then they can lay out their life. And then people, through that sort of clarity and transparency, could lend mm-hmm. a hand or then wouldn't ruin any sort of momentum that they're trying to build and reduce any sort of guilt. So it's case by case, my friend, and it could be very yeah. delicate depending on the situation, but I, I believe I, I would have never forgiven myself if I didn't grab onto this calling that I had in yeah. my late teens to, to do this. Wow, that is, uh, that is a good place to stop, Richard Blank. Uh, do you have anything to add uh, before we come to a close here? Of course I do, Moses. I thank you so much for having me as a guest on your podcast. You're an excellent interviewer. And if your audience is interested, I have an extremely large Facebook fan page, but 117,000 okay. Costa Rican Ticos. And when this goes live, Moses, you're mm-hmm. going to have... A lot more fans here and just real fast for your audience it'll give them a grasp of our business process outsourcing industry in Central America we're north of Panama south of Nicaragua 
Costa Rica is the only democratic society in Central America, and they have no standing army. So they put all their money back into education, and they brag about a 95% literacy rate. We have mm. the most neutral of English accents, the best infrastructure, and that's why companies, as I mentioned, Amazon and other large players, Teleperformance, Convergis, Concentrics, these are large call centers with whom I compete. Yeah. And, but our labor pool, they have the skill set. They're coachable. We're close to the United States, our proxemics. We're on mountain time zone. It's a couple hour flight. In fact, a direct flight from most major airports to Costa Rica. It's a oh. tropical lifestyle. The culture uses the phrase pura vida, which means pure life. And when I came here, I didn't want to leave. I married the girl of my dreams through good fortune. Uh -huh. I was able to start a business 15 years ago and make a life. And so I shared so much today and I appreciate it because it was a great time. And I just don't want your audience to be hard on themselves. Huh. Life is an incredible gift. And if there yeah. is something that you can do to contribute and to pay it forward, then by all means, Moses, I think your amazing audience will be on your show one day telling their stories and once again, increasing this audience of yours. But thank you again, my friend. I had a great time today. Pleasure's all mine. Uh, what is the name of the Facebook group uh, if the audience wants to look it up? Costa Rica's Call Center. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Richard Blank, thank you so much for coming to the Moses Cabandana podcast. Until next time. Thanks, Moses.